Hello and welcome to Reflex Point, your weekly podcast where we review and discuss the series Robotech one episode at a time. We're your hosts, Major Medina. And I'm Paul Marquez. And this week we're talking episode 17, Phantasm. Not to be mistaken with the movie. Damn right. Although that is a great movie. Phantasm first appeared on American television on March 26, 1985, and the synopsis reads, Wounded and feverish after fighting aliens, Rick lies in a hospital bed and hallucinates an alternate series of events wherein he desperately attempts to rescue Minmay from the Zentradi and confronts his feelings he has for her. All right, so we're getting a, an explanation that... Uh... Due to an altered consciousness, he is, uh, I guess, buried feelings are being brought up to the surface now that he has to deal with. Yes. So the narrator starts us off. The Zentradi forces have once again attacked the space fortress, this time in the vicinity of Bird Island. All the Veritech squadrons are now mobilized and a tremendous aerial dogfight occurs. Rick Hunter survives a direct hit by bailing out of his plane, but now lies wounded uh, in the water. Within hours, he's picked up and transported to the base hospital where he is placed under observation. Yeah, I like it. Bird Island gets named. But we see Rick floating, and it's a good thing that those uh, those flight suits float like that, because I didn't see any kind of life preserver keeping him up, you know? What I understand from the McKinney novel is that there are flotation devices that activate upon hitting the water and then there are like little packets that break off that deter sharks so when that helio came over the gunner on that helicopter took a couple of shots at some sharks that were already circling rick no way yeah i don't remember that but that's pretty awesome can you imagine you're like oh wait a minute there's sharks in there Fire off a few shots. You're like, cat, 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 cat. <laughs> well, that reminds me of uh, Top Gun. Like when Goose lands in the water, there's that little stream of yellow green in the water. And apparently that's some shark deterrent. Yeah, twofold, right? It, number one, it's an eye, eye marker for the air. Right. An aerial marker. And two, it's a shark repellent. Yes. Yes. And that's pretty awesome that it, that it plays true to that too in the show, you know? Yeah. Okay. So just to tell the listener... We're going to jump around from place to place because we're going into dream world and it does not always make sense, but it kind of does. So I want to ask Paul, in terms of when you're watching this as a kid, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, so as a kid, I thought it like really trippy is the best word I can come up with. You know, I, I would just remember being like, whoa, that's crazy, you know? Um, I understood that it was a dream. Okay. So I, you know, I thought it could be crazy. So it just was like a, just bizarre. You know, it was supposed to be a bizarre dream. And, and it, to me, it made me believe it a, a bizarre episode. And what would you think of this episode if it was the first one you saw? Wow. I wouldn't have known what to think, you know, if I, if it, let's just say like, 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 you know, I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons, right? And this happens to be my introduction to Robotech. Uh huh. I would have been like, "What the hell is this?" You know, <laughs> it would have made me think it more of a of a Twilight Zone style cartoon than it than it would have, sure. you know, uh, an animation mecha type show. 
Yeah, because because it jumps around so much, it doesn't really follow a through line. This is pretty crazy. So we have scene one. We have the Robo Doctor. Yes. Stating multiple lacerations, concussion, and some minor fractures causing temporary encephalographic irregularities. No internal damage. We will continue to monitor. Possible symptoms of delirium. So that encephalographic irregularities the RoboDoctor is talking about. Uh, Brain waves, right? Right. Uh, which is great. It's a great way of telling an older person his brain waves aren't so good. <laughs> but as a kid, I guess it projected that he was having bad dreams. I, as a kid, I remember catching the word delirium. Yeah. You know, so I equated it, of course, with delirious. And so sure. I, you know, to me, that's what cued me into the fact that he was having some kind of dream. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, in encephalographic irregularities, I, I would have been like, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, because we immediately cut to the Miss Macross stage. We have that announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be starting momentarily. Thank you for your patience. And then it goes into... And now what you've all been waiting for, singing her latest hit that is sweeping the country, Lin-Min May. Before we get to that, right before that, another thing that clued me into the fact that it was a dream, um, we get a, vi- a view of Rick running and then like like an outline of his face that's blank, but the picture of him running inside of it. See, that's I think that's Min-May's face, isn't it? Okay. I, you know, and it could have been... Um, I, I did the, the sideburn is what led me to believe it might have been Rick, but okay. but I was confused too because the top of the hair is a little bit different, right? Yeah, it is. So it could it could have been Minmay's face, and when the robot reports after that, you hear the reporting echo. Yeah, like maybe Rick's hearing that that thing, and it's like you know, we'll continue to monitor, monitor, monitor. Like you know, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I was like, oh okay. This is why, or this is where it's getting crazy, you know, like this is, this is some kind of imagination thing uh, that's going to get pretty crazy. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. So our jobs are no longer to pinpoint any inaccuracies or anything like that, because this is a dream. Yes. Yeah. And it just gives me so much relaxation. Because I'm like, all right, anything crazy that happens, anything that's incongruent, it doesn't matter. Let's see how crazy it gets. And my God, does it get crazy. Right. And the fun part is linking it to what it possibly means from the actual storyline. Yes. Here's the thing. Like, nothing seems done without purpose. Yes. To me, everything that comes up, everything that's said Every scene they pull from a different show, it seems completely with purpose. And it doesn't seem like they shoehorned anything in. It was like, nope, we want to tell you this. Right, because at first glance, it it, it almost made me believe like it was one of those episodes like Global's report where they were going to recycle some stuff and then just put a tiny different twist to it, you know? Yes. And Global's report was a great episode, but... Um, when this happened so soon, I was I got a little disappointed in the beginning, you know? Yeah. But then I realized, oh, no, that's not what this one is at all. So Min May starts singing To Be In Love. 
So she sings her song. And number one, I think this is the longest clip we get of her singing so far. Yeah. And during the song, there's no uh, ambient noise. It's just her her voice, right? Yes. That kind of added a little bit of a of a creepiness factor. Not not in the sense of like a creeper, but just that it was eerie. I'm sorry, that a better word is eerie. Yeah, like like something's not right. Yes, because there was a bunch of people, but you don't hear any of them. Just her voice. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. So we see Rick watching, and he is in his original flight suit, back with his neckerchief of awesomeness. Suddenly, Bree Ty's giant disembodied hand comes out from behind the stage and grabs Mid-May, saying, Now I've got you. You'll never get away. It's not uh, Bree Ty's voice, right? It was Bree Ty's big blue hand. Yes. But yeah, I don't recall if it's his voice. I guess my brain made me hear Britai because of the hand. And doesn't a ghostly image of him pop out as well? It does, yes. And says, you're mine now, my dear. You shall sing and dance for me alone. Um, Did it sound more like Dolza, though? It's it's like a higher-pitched Britai. Hmm. Okay, all right. So yeah. then Minmay's screaming and saying, Oh, hurry, Rick. Hurry, please. So we jump over to Rick in the hospital room. RoboDoctor is saying that vital signs are stable, although delirium uh, seems to be continuing. Then over to the flight deck, the deck officer is telling Rick that his Veritech is all set to go. Another one yells out, Are you ready? Move out! And uh, Rick leans back and says, Well, I can finally fly this thing. So then he starts his engine and hears the deck officer say, you're all cleared for takeoff on runway TL-24. Good luck. And the fact that he's, because he, he, they never have conversations with the deck crew, you know? Right. And you kind of wonder why sometimes it's, it's in there now, you know? And it kind of yeah. gives a little bit of personality to those people marshalling the planes and taking care of them. Yeah, I, I like it. I like the fact that there's two people. <laughs> that have to get them up and ready to to take off a plane, including the uh, flag officer. Yeah, yep. And we get so we get Rick. He, once he takes off, he flies past the clouds, right? Yeah. And this is this is where it's putting it together because it is it's something that's straight out of his past, but now he's got the consciousness to realize it's like it's Bree playing, and he's like, "Well, I can fly this thing now." Yeah. And he goes straight into a laser bombardment. And we see some Veritex against the fighter pods. And Lisa calls for VT-10, saying, I'm receiving no identifying signal. Why haven't you put your transponder on? Respond. And Rick says, I don't know anything about a signal, you old lady. So cut to the bridge where Lisa's saying, pardon me? Okay, right, yes. First he says, yes, ma'am. And then he shouts, I don't know anything about a signal, you old lady. Like, yeah, that, it's weird. <laughs> to that, that first, he, he affirms with "Yes, ma'am," and then he says the second part. Um, real quick, the sequence of of the of that of the blast battle going on. I love those bubbles that, that like that are popping up all around. You know. Oh yeah, I love those. Um, so yeah, so then Rick answers that you know signal, you old lady. Uh, Lisa, this time she's shocked. She says, "Pardon me." Uh, did you call me an old lady? Who's flying that plane? Is there a civilian up there? <laughs> yeah, 
it's like a, another moment where you're like, what the hell's going on? Because <laughs> it's, it's eerily familiar, but completely foreign. Exactly. Especially if you're watching him back to back. So Rick is shot from the side. Then we see where he turned into Guardian uh, and crashed in that first episode. Okay, so he goes into Guardian by um, bringing down the B lever. Yeah, he did, didn't he? And this happens a lot. In in fact, this happens the entire episode. Anytime anybody's going to go into a different mode, they they pull the B lever. Yeah, which is just them replaying using that because I that's the only thing I can think of. Because it would have been neat to see that when they actually went into Guardian, they pulled down G. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, like why, why they just keep pulling B. And that's kind of booty, but you know. You know what? It doesn't have to be this time. It's a dream. Yeah, true enough. But uh, think about it. When he's crashing for the very first time, Lisa tells him to go into battleoid mode, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's all he's remembering. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like huh. always going into battleoid mode, always pulling down that B lever. His his mind at this point is kind of frozen on that instant. Right. Because in that moment of panic, which has left its impression in his mind mm-hmm. and is now replaying itself in his, in his hallucination, he's just going to reflect on that. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So it doesn't matter if it's him or if it's Max. Boom, pull that B lever. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So Rick, he gets shot from the side, and then we see him do where he does that little spin. Halfway down, he's in guardian mode as he's heading toward those buildings. And right before he crashes into the buildings, he's a battleoid. Right, right. Cut over to the streets of Macross. Rick in his civilian clothes walking up and we hear an announcement that they are now auctioning the flight suit formerly worn by Rick Hunter. Uh, Mr. Hunter was forced to turn in the suit after being removed from the rubble of four buildings accidentally included in his flight plan. So do you think that's his subconscious talking to him? I definitely think it's his subconscious and I think it's his uh, insecurity announcing to him you're not that great of a pilot. Right, right. His his insecurity has taken the voice of, to me, what sounded was like um, Vanessa. Yeah. So he shuts the door to his room, upset at being publicly humiliated. Right. He sits down and hears Min May's cries for help. But she's in the water, a ghostly image walking away from him, right? Right. Yeah, right. yeah. And he's like, well, I have no choice. I'll have to ask help from my big brother. And I think that episode wasn't where where he saw the ghostly image of her when he was unconscious from the fall that him and Lisa took in the the Zentradi ship and, and she brought him too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rick then is back on base telling Roy about the crash and that he was told he'd have to pay for it, (laughs) pay for all the expenses too. (laughs) <laughs> like min may asked him in like episode two right yeah she's like you don't have to pay for that and he goes i hope not <laughs> <laughs> this is the most wonderful thing so roy says so if i read you right the only reason you applied to be a pilot was to rescue min may which rick says yeah <laughs> because his his insecurity took on the voice you know and now maybe his voice of reason or something is is now roy telling him, 
hey, so is the only reason you you became a pilot, you know, for Minmay? And now he's got to be honest with himself, and he's like, yes, yes, yeah. What a what a self recognition breakthrough, you know? I love it. Yeah, and you can't lie to yourself because he could just anybody, you know, anybody else asking him, he could be like, no, of course not. That would be ridiculous. But when you're asking yourself that question, it's hard to bullshit yourself. It's possible, <laughs> yeah. but, you, but you can't do it. I mean, not, you, it's not easy to do is what I mean. Yeah. Not in a subconscious way. Yes. Yes. So they run into Lisa and the terrible trio. Lisa asks Roy if his friend has a broken arm because he hasn't saluted. Rick salutes and introduces himself. With uh, Lisa trying to figure out where she knows that name, uh, Vanessa and Kim call him out as the civilian who crashed the Veritech. He identifies her as the old lady. Um, and then Roy tells Rick that if he joins the service, Lisa is who he will report to. So another reason why Rick wouldn't have had to salute at that time, right? Yeah, uh, although he's in an RDF uniform. So yeah, so th- this is just all over the place right there. Yes, it is. So it's wild. It's just it's just wild. Yeah, so Lisa looks back and says, that was a pretty impressive show you put on yesterday. With practice, you'll be able to work on a softer landing as your grand finale. And then, did you hear what Sammy says to him? I think she calls him stupid, right? She does. And it <laughs> took me forever to find that. And I used the captions, to be honest. Right, right. And I was confused there for a while, too. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure she's calling him stupid. And that's hilarious. Because that's where she called him Letcher at first, right? right? When they the lingerie scene. Yeah, yeah. And then she's just all stupid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's this part that let me know that they really did re-record all the new dialogue. Just like you said, with a purpose, as opposed to, you know, visiting the cutting room floor and finding other dialogue and stuffing it in there. Right. This at least feels like they called everybody back in and said, okay, this is how we're going to play this one out. Yeah. So then we go to shots of Rick training, uh, launching a Veritech, switching the Battaloid, and firing the GU-11. And he does his famous high dive jump. Don't You can't forget that. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, it looks to be about two stories, I, I, I would think. <laughs> it's at least two stories. And he does that flip on the way down. He, he, was, he was the original inventor of parkour. <laughs> but again, the gravity is different at this point, right? You, you, <laughs> ha- like you have said. to believe, right? <laughs> so uh, over to Rick coming out of his room and Roy slapping him on the back and congratulating him. He's now part of the service and now he can go out and rescue mid just like he wanted. And Rick's all, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so he runs to his Veritech. Now, uh, Veritech VT-24, yeah, for Operation Minmay. He's informed that it's strictly a retrieval operation, and he shall not engage the enemy. Our monitors indicate that there is alien fleet activity in Quadrant 4, and we get shots of the remastered opening animation, right? Yes, yes. So this is where it came from. The dream. Wow. That's wild, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pr- I, I process that as we speak. <laughs> but it's pretty amazing. 
it's not just reshots of everything or or rather it's not just reusing animation there is additional uh particularly Britai with Minmay and all that but was this one of those shots that was like drawn specifically for this episode for the 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 dream episode the phantasm yes um you know it would make perfect sense if it was you know simply because at this point they're learning a little bit more they make it a little more enhanced and it works out yeah so rick reports that he is approaching the alien warship fighting starts rick lands hard on the enemy ship and the medical monitor confirms stable vitals the radio tells rick he is off scanners and is told to respond on channel 7x and he all of a sudden appears in an armored veritech yeah and he says he was temporarily disabled but he's back now so then lisa comes on screen and announces listen up corporal hunter this is important you're confined to quarters if you go out now i won't care if they shoot you down so rick responds that he understands and Lisa checks that he's really going out to save that girl mid-May. Then I no longer accept responsibility for your actions. And don't care what happens to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Rick responds that he loves her, so he's got to go save her. And he won't let them get him this time. He's got a little tactical surprise for them. You'll see how good a pilot I am. It's so funny, like... Is he trying to impress Minmay? Is he trying to impress Lisa? Or is this again, you know, voices from his his inner consciousness confronting him and 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 he's now he's trying to fight back a little bit, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. And he fires his payload of missiles at the cruisers and we see it engulfed in flames, but additional Zentradi ships fire back at Rick and his Veritech gets shot up. Yeah, he dodges quite a bit, but gets some of his armor stripped away. And on the bridge, Vanessa is saying that his Veritech was destroyed, but Corporal Hunter bailed out and is going back there again. So Kim asks, how's he going to do that? And Sammy asks if he's crawling. Vanessa says she guesses he's going to swim. And then Kim says she wishes someone would like her enough to keep coming back each time. And then their voices start to echo real weird. Echo and yeah. get like a real high-pitched, mocking type of tone. It's wild, right? Yes. But but here's what they say. It's romantic, isn't it? It's like being lost in a desert island. Like, what the hell does that mean? Especially, you know, going up in that high-pitched tone. And one of them, doesn't one of them say something like, what would you do if they did? Or, so, or something like that. Yeah, that's that's what it sounds like. Who knows? It's just his mind probably mumbling, mumbo-jumbling. Who knows, you know? It's funny to think that Rick would have a, a view of what's going on on the bridge. But what, again, what if his, his insecure self is wondering, is this what they talk? Is this how they talk about him on the bridge? Right. So that's where, that's where it gets to play this, where he's like, man, I must be the laughing stuff. If he already thinks he's not a good pilot... What if he thinks, you know, is he must think this is what they think of me on the bridge as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So they sit and talk as their voices mix together and get aggressively higher pitched. And But does it seem like a, like a concerned Lisa is turning back to listen to them and not joining in? You know, like almost like if she wants to stop them. That was my question. Like, 
it seems like anguish on her face. You're right. Yeah, like closing your eyes and yeah. What did it mean? Tell me, Major. What did it mean? <laughs> I would imagine it's it's what he hopes Lisa is having somewhere deep inside, right? Yeah. Wow. So back to Rick in his RDF uniform, riding a bike. Well, well, the medical robot reports Rick's body temperature has increased. So he's fevered now. Oh, okay. So back to Rick in his RDF uniform, riding a bike. Whenever I fly, I get shot down. But now I can save her on my magic bike. And he does his E.T. impression pedaling to the moon. <laughs> oh, man. The, the streets of Macross <laughs> turn into space and Rick is biking towards the moon. Oh, man. And we hear a Macross announcement of Corporal Hunter being shot down while attempting to fly a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so he, go, he goes up, you know, on his magical bicycle. He's, gonna, he's ready. And at some point, must have got shot down on the magical bicycle. Yeah. And that must have been quite a sight to see. <laughs> I wish they would have shown it. <laughs> Gerard, can, can we commission... <laughs> You yeah. to draw us a version of that. Yes, draw us a version of Rick on his bicycle with missiles coming at him and lasers. Uh, all right, so uh, cut to Rick's POV of Max, Lisa, and Ben saying, Hey, we'll help you. You can't do it alone. And besides, we've been waiting to deal with these aliens. And then Ben says, Yeah, we know a way we can trip them up. And Max says, Just leave everything to us. Rick thanks him, and then Lisa says that let's get started right now. So we cut over to the cat's eye recon screen from the escort mission. Right. Three uh, three Veritex and a cat's eye recon. Now, our, our famous uh, co-pilot is there, but this time it looks like he's identified. Okay. All right. Lay it on me. Staff Sergeant, and I couldn't quite read the first initial, but his last name looks to be I-W-A-T-A. Oh, that is so funny because I, 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 I have I, it water. as I have it as Sergeant slash Suft or Supt. But the same last name? Iwata? Uh no. No no oh, last no? name. No, I, I, I don't have one. So S slash, so sergeant is what I'm gonna go with. And you were saying staff sergeant? Okay, and that's and you're right, because and the reason I thought it is just the S slash led me to believe it was staff sergeant. Well, we see uh, Lisa's as uh, first slash, and we can assume it's lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. So I thought um, the cat's eye recon was S slash, and then I could not read it. Hmm. No, I'm, I, I was pretty sure I could I could read my part. So I, that's what I got out of it. Could be wrong. I that, that's what I got though. That poor bastard. Yes. But hey, but at least we have some kind of weird uh, information on it now, you know. But we know his rank. <laughs> He's a sergeant. He's a sergeant. He was a sergeant. Yeah. Rest in peace. You know what would have been awesome is like if at some like Okay, so they play that out where he gets crushed by the rock. And then Rick maybe talks about like some feeling guilt about people dying under his command with missions on him, stuff like that. And then the guy like looks up and says something like, it's okay, Rick. We all know the risk, you know, or something like that. <laughs> that would have been freaky. Yeah, that's creepy. Then Rick would have been zombie and shot him. 
So uh, Rick starts to explain over the radio that he didn't think uh, Lisa, Max, and Ben liked him. Uh, he thanks them, but he's like, but of course, somewhere deep in his consciousness, asks what it's going to cost. Yeah, isn't it so funny that in a dream where you could be so direct, right? Because because that's kind of a, a a low thing to ask if someone offers help, right? Yeah. But in the dream, you're just like, so what's it going to cost me? Yeah, right. It's funny that Lisa replies. Um, because when he asks, what's it going to cost? She just asks him to follow orders. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he teasingly agree. Well, okay. I guess, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm in the army and I'm supposed to follow orders. <laughs> so I guess I'll try. Thanks. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> you know? Uh, but is it about how he feels about the army? Like, I really only did this to save the people I love and, at this point, with Pops being gone, it's just Min-May. Yeah. But it's, and I think maybe it's expanding a little bit. Like he's, I, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. The whole thing. It's one of those episodes that anyone can interpret it in any which way that works for them, you know? Yeah. So uh, battle pods fly by, uh, and we get the max battle sequence going on. Yeah. He's dodging. He's shooting to his left. Mm-hmm. Rick is amazed and asks Lisa, what do they do now? And Lisa says that they're going to sneak into the enemy ship, disguise themselves as aliens and look for Min May. Rick says, it sounds good. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> oh, what a capital plan, right? <laughs> I, the most improbable thing sounds good to me. Why haven't we already done this? <laughs> so, they enter the ship, they fire the missiles, and vaporizes Entrati. Back at the hospital, the robo-doctor says that his EEG is abnormal, and continued observation is advised. And then cut to Max and his Veritech, dressed as a Zentradi. And Roy, Ben, and Lisa in his pockets. Yeah, and I never noticed that the Zentradi patch was a pocket. Or is it? Is this just a dream? Ah, fair enough, fair enough. Hey, okay, and re- real quick. Uh-huh. You've just stolen a Zentradi overcoat, whatever the hell that thing is. Yeah. What's in the pockets? <laughs> uh, um, pens? What else would you keep in there? Your, uh, like a badge? The keys to your battle pod? You think there's lint? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think there's a big giant paper clip. Sure. <laughs> there's probably a little bit of lint, a, a bubble gum wrapper. <laughs> yeah, some uh, some bubba hubba. Yeah, no, bu- Bazooka Joe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you get a comic, you know, something to yes. read. And maybe a, maybe a, a roach in there if, uh, <laughs> if you get a, a particular happy Zentradi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they're in the pockets, and they're all, they've all got their heads popped out. Yeah. Rick says, uh, Rick, Rick says they'll be noticed. Yeah, so Rick says, somebody's bound to notice. And Max says, if somebody does, it's too bad for them. Right, right, which is a little bit different, right? Oh, because- yeah. They open the doors, and then they walk down the corridor and, and again get spotted by a Zentradi. 
Max tries to outrun him and is getting shot at in the process and turning into guardian mode by pulling the B lever. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so they, 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 he crashes through the screen. He flies through those, those squares, then down into a doorway. And that's when he gets to the elevator. And that's when he says the VT is about to explode. Right. And then uh, Lisa says that the only safe place is the airlock. They rush out of the air uh, elevator. Uh, Zentradi leaps at them, misses them, and then gets vaporized by the exploding Veritech, where the ensuing nuclear fallout <laughs> kills all of them over the course of three days. By horrible radiation burns. Scabs just falling off their skin. And we move on to the new generation. <laughs> so Scott Bernard. <laughs> yeah, that's because because the notes I have is that uh, they dodge a diving Zentradi, yeah, and then they scatter, and the poor bastard is blown away. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Lisa and Rick separated from Max and Ben. They run down the hall and hear singing. So they follow it. And they find an airlock, their hair is blowing in the wind, and we see Britai sat atop a floating piece of the streets of Macross. But the old city Macross, right? Yeah. Not Macross on the ship. No, uh, like pieces they would have seen in... um, Pluto, right? Yeah, right. Pretty trippy, right? He's he's up there sitting, we got Britai sitting up there. We hear Minmei singing, and he's like on a floating city, like... Like he's on a floating city. What is that? Oh, it's wild, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Minmay's in his hands singing to be in love. So Lisa says she has a pretty voice, but we better get moving if they're going to save her. So Rick agrees and uh, says this is the most dangerous part of the job. So he had better take over from here. And Lisa agrees. Yes, Lisa lets him go. Yeah. But he'll, but he'll need his fighter, and it materializes right in front of him. Oh, man. I, the way that Veritech magically appears. With, with that color, right? Like that, it's, I, I don't, you can't say rainbow, but it's got speckled, almost opalescent type of color. Yeah, it's like, uh, like sparkly dot animation. I love it, dude. I love it, too. I love it so much. And I don't know how they do it. Right, right. And it makes me think of some kind of ethereal magic almost, you know, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he climbs into the Veritech that magically appeared, which I love because in a dream, if something crazy like that happens, you don't question it. You just go with it. Yes. And the fact that you can do that. Have you ever had one of those dreams? Have you ever taken over a dream? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I did it once, and it was amazing. Oh, wow. Just the once? Just once. Only once I've ever, ever, I've ever been able to do it. And I just remember it was something ridiculous because where I used to live, there were no tornadoes. Okay? There were none. Okay. And in, in my dream, there was a tornado. And when that happened, I was able to say, wait, there's no tornadoes here. This must be a dream. Mm. And so then I said, if this is a dream, I want to be able to fly. And I took off like freaking Superman, yo. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I've lived every day since trying to do <laughs> But it just took, it took something in my head to say, that can't happen. This must be a dream. If this is a dream, I want to do this. Wow. So 
what I love about this is that he climbs into the Veritech and Lisa tells him to be careful. He's tricky. Like, Ritai's tricky? Yeah, yes, right? The question is, who's she talking about? Yeah, and, and then a comms person is heard asking, why is he risking his life? Is he in love with her? And Rick confirms that he is. And the comm guy says, copy VT24. You're hereby authorized to receive the Medal of Bravery upon completion of this mission. Man, that is, that's the most telling thing. Right? Yes. And do you think that the Medal of, of Bravery is is his consciousness telling him that, it, that like it's her heart, that he's going to win her heart if he oh, completes yeah. this mission? Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, he deserves her heart after this, which is terrible. <laughs> and, and, and look, you should never expect anything yeah. out of anybody. But in real life, I do believe that he thinks I should get this reward as a token for the shit I've done and the life I've been forced to lead. Wow, I'm I'm surprised you agree with me. That's because that's what what I thought was that. I thought I thought you might have a different angle on it. That's that's nuts, right? It it is. It is. It's unfortunate. <laughs> In a way, it's him self recognizing this, which now he's got to deal with it because you're right. It is unfortunate he thinks that way, and perhaps he's going to change. Yeah. So he flies up to Minmi, and tell her he's come, J just like he promised. Uh, she asks who he is. Yeah, that's that's brutal. But very dreamlike, right? Yep, yep. And he says, it's me, Rick Hunter. Just <laughs> just jump in. And she says, oh, uh, you did come. Uh, and that it was very nice of him uh, to come pick her up for a date. But she can't go. Why not? She says Lynn Kyle told her she can't go out with soldiers. Oh, man. And then Britai turns around, who's who's been holding her the entire time. With his back to us. Right, right. And he goes to face Rick, and his face morphs into Lynn Kyle, still with Britai's eyepiece and head cowl. Cowl, yeah. And he says, I hate soldiers, so she can't go out. <laughs> Which is fucking fantastic, man. Right, the the morph was kind of scary. The the morph, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was. And like Lynn Kyle's the real enemy, not Breti. And again, Rick's imagination is making Kyle says, "I hate soldiers." Kyle's never said anything like that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in our last episode, I went on to defend how they put words in Kyle's mouth. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's not an asshole, but. He hasn't been as bad as he's being portrayed. So it goes to show you what's painting this picture, this ugly picture of Kyle for Rick is jealous rage, not really how Kyle actually feels. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, because Rick has literally faced Bree time. <laughs> and came up with a better hand off, off of it, you know? Yes, yes. Not, not with Kyle. Every time he's gone up against Kyle... It hasn't worked out well for him. <laughs> yeah, true. So um, Rick tells Minmei he can't believe she lets Kyle control her. And she somehow makes it that it's okay because he's her cousin. Yeah. Um, Rick says something that's so great. He's like, I didn't realize he was so powerful. 
which I think he's talking about the familial line. I, I guess. And then it's like, hey, if it's going to be that way, I'm quitting the service right now. And he rips off his flight suit. And Kyle says, and I had to check this under closed captioning, Rick, no, please don't. And he begins melting on the floor. Yeah. And then, he, and then he even says, I'm melting. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. It was very Wicked Witch of the West, right? <laughs> and then Minmay yells that he's destroyed Kyle and he's gone, which I thought was going to play through the rest of it. Like, hey, you asshole, <laughs> you killed Kyle. <laughs> but, but then Rick's back in a Veritech and he tells her to jump in. She says she can't, which again goes back to like, oh no, what's what's going on with Min May? So he just grabs her with a Veritech arm. <laughs> right. All right. Well, true. <laughs> and he starts speeding away. Presumably they're back on Macross pre-fold. The Zentradi are on their tails, shooting at them. He flies high into the air. His arm gets shot off and he dives, and we see that perfect shot of Rick opening his cockpit and pulling Min May back in. So then the blue sky turns to outer space. He pulls B lever again, and his front cockpit pulls away from the rest of the Veritech and transforms into a fan liner. And then he autopilots into the SDF-1. Right, right. He autopilots and flies into that blast hole of the SDF-1, barely missing the airlock door <laughs> and crashing into hanging wires. <laughs> And the medical monitor says 10 hours have passed and Rick has a low-grade fever. Yeah, and then back to the dream, Rick and Minmay hanging upside down in the fan liner. They drop down to the floor. Then they're exploring the ship and Rick says, I'm not familiar with this part of the ship. Right, and even out of the dream, there are probably parts of the ship he's not familiar with. It's a big-ass yeah. ship. Then they, so they climb up boxes and Rick sees an airlock. And has a you know, so he mentions that giants must have built the ship and has a flashback of the first Zentradi he saw that almost got him and Minmay from uh, from the the Veritech. Yeah, which is so great, yeah. and it tells us where he is in his dream state. So he snaps out of it, and it kind of startles him even, you know, when he when he snaps out of it, uh, and he runs to Minmay, and they see the enemy fleet. Rick comments on millions of ships. Uh, and then next thing we know, Lisa's next to him taking pictures. Yeah. So originally, this is like him seeing debris of Macross. That big-ass like, fish, right? Right, right. But now he's seeing millions of the Zentradi ships. And he's replaying a part where him and Lisa saw the, the enemy fleet for the first time. Right, because they're back in their RDF uniforms. Yep. And Lisa is taking pictures with her spy camera. <laughs> <laughs> and Rick calls the battle that's pretty far away beautiful. And Lisa says that all battles are pretty from a distance until they surround you. You think that's true? I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of I, I have a hard time believing it. Maybe a space battle. I can't imagine watching, like, a Confederate battle. Right. Dude, I can't even imagine watching an Apache hammer some building far away from me, knowing what's going on, you know, and thinking that it's anything beautiful. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Like anytime you've seen those computer monitor versions of like an Apache releasing its missiles. A hellfire? Yeah, yeah. Like this is tantamount to two girls in a cup. Why are you making me watch this? <laughs> oh, God. I, I haven't <laughs> heard that reference in a long while. Whoa. But it's like, hey. Fuck you for making me watch this. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And, and and then you're even like, fuck me for being riveted by it, you right, know? Right, But But beautiful is not what I'd call it. No, no. So Rick is back with Minmi, uh, and she asks Rick's, Rick uh, where they came from. Uh, he thinks it was his nightmares, or that his nightmares created them. Yeah, what a what a crazy statement, huh? Yeah, yeah. So then back to Rick in the hospital, the robo-doctor states that his swelling has reduced, his vital signs are stable, but his disturbed dream state continues. Disturbed? Disturbed, not a, not a medical term. And kind of weird for a robot to make that assessment, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's more psychological. Yeah. yeah. So we cut back into Rick's dream, and he's breaking the pipe. Uh, and the Min May shower scene ensues. Yeah, he says, uh, "Here's your shower, me lady." Again, the the damage, the, the millions of dollars of damage, not to mention water waste, <laughs> always always shocks me. <laughs> they didn't get flooded down in level twenty five. <laughs> so, it's, but as she's taking her shower, she's humming the wedding march this time, right? Is that what she's humming? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wow. All right. And Rick brings her clothes. Then they're at the fan jet, uh, but they reflect on how they have not spent time together. Since she won Miss Macross, nothing's been right. Okay, so in his brain, he knows that this is, like, desperate to when this has actually happened because this is episode four, right? But then for him to say that nothing has went right, like for him, you know, that's I, I think that's the ego kicking in again. Oh, yeah. Good one. Be, because who's to see? It, it seems like it's been pretty damn right for her. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. That's the part where I get driven crazy, where I'm like, Min Mei isn't a bad character. We just hate her because she doesn't like our main protagonist. She is always truthful she is always up front with how she feels with what she thinks including later in this conversation where she says like hey i can't have a boyfriend and a career and she believes that and that's fine and he he starts to really set himself up for hurt right we and we we interpret it as min may hurting him but he's hurting himself yeah yeah i agree the thing I love about this is that she's always true to who she is. And Rick has constantly withheld information. And expected her to be a mind reader, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where he literally apologizes to her by saying, like, I should have told you. But he doesn't. And that's always been my issue with Rick. Yeah. Now, and you know what? You're drawing me to the dark side, dude, because I see it. I see it. I'm glad to hear that. It's a hard place to go to. <laughs> it's a dark side to go to. But 
you know what? When you're when you're in love, to be in love. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to like, that. <laughs> you can really overlook a bunch of shit. Yeah, you lose your fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. You overlook a bunch of stuff and or rather in hindsight, she told me straight up what the deal was and even in this guy's fever dream, she's telling him how she feels. All right. You're right. Minmay says that she does not have time for a career and a boyfriend. And so Rick tells her he thought she'd say that. And then he tells her, so he thinks he should tell her that he started to like someone else. And he's expecting a big reaction. And she falls asleep. Yeah. Yeah. So this is tough. Was this just because of the animation or did they knock this out of the park? I'm going to go with they knocked it out perfectly. I'm with you. They didn't put these scenes together willy-nilly. It really does seem like they had a narrative. And going back to that, Joseph Campbell's hero narrative, this is exactly what Rick needed to come out the other side, especially when we're talking about how Lisa was feeling at the end of the uh, last episode, you know, where it takes something like Rick getting hurt for her to realize how she actually feels. Got you. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So Minmay falls asleep on Rick. He tells her that he just talked about another woman and asks if she cares. The medical robot then reports no permanent damage to nervous system. We jump back to where cameras start to flash, and it, it startles Minmay up, and she asks Rick if he saw it. I love that. Right, right. And so Rick says it was the photographers. Minmay says she hates them. I got to imagine that the, that stars probably aren't really happy with paparazzi. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would drive anybody crazy. Sure. And so she's like, oh, I hate them. Then Rick says it's okay because once their pictures are taken, they can get married. Yeah, but Min May didn't hear that. No. And she fell back asleep. Well, <laughs> how is he going to say that, though, when he was just mentioning another woman? Oh, wow. That's, it does feel like once the photographer's flash went off, it was a different part of the dream. Okay. All right. Yeah. So then again, he's upset that she fell asleep, but thinks that it's nice that to have her to himself. And then he's the most honest I could possibly imagine, where he wonders if she'll pay more attention to him now that he rescued her. Yes. Yes. The Medal of Bravery. I guess he'll have to wait until they get home to find out. So then, fade to them sleeping in a tent and Minmay asking how long they've been living there. Rick confidently says that they'll only be there for two weeks before they notice they're missing and send a search party. Minmay says, but what if they don't find us and we die here? And Rick says, don't worry. I told them where we are. Yeah, yeah. Which is great because it feels like a real dream kind of situation where you're yeah. like, hey, hey, don't worry about that part of it. They're going to find us. So let's just get on to the good part, which is a wedding. <laughs> so the robot then says progress is good uh, and that Rick should return to consciousness in one hour. I like it. Yep. So back in the dream tent, Min May starts singing to be in love. Rick is looking on lovingly and asks if that's a new song. 
And what is it called? And she hasn't named it yet. So she asks him what he thinks it should be called. And I think his answer is kind of because, you know, it's a love song about being in love. And he goes on to say it should be something that uh, wakes people up. So they stop fighting and, and head home. Yeah, that's that's pretty hopeful, right? <laughs> First of all, so okay, so what the hell name of the song is? Are you going to give that? Because the song has nothing to do with that. It kind of it kind of names itself, right? Here's here's the thing, though. She says, "Oh, you're a great inspiration to me. I bet you're going to become a world leader someday." Is that what? Rick is hoping Minmay views him as that is that her perception of him right right that that's what I've got to imagine if it's his dream, you know obviously he can't he can't know what her opinion of him is, you know truly right, and so i I gotta imagine that his brain is is playing a scenario where that's what he hopes she she thinks of him, yeah, and then Rick asks if. She hadn't made it as an entertainer. How does she think she would have ended up? To me, that's like, like a loaded question, you know? Oh, yeah, that's that's loaded. And uh, she says that she'd have been a bride. Uh, Rick says he sees how she would have made uh, someone a real, a real good wife. Yeah. She thanks him but says now she won't get the chance. Uh, and then he asks her, why won't she be his wife? I really think... That's the main point of this whole thing. Oh, yeah. That he, he, he led right up to it. Yeah. Him screaming that out, like, why won't you be my wife? Is like the thing he's been building up to from the very beginning of this episode. Right. And why do you fall asleep every time I mention it? Yeah. And then she does that like, have I been doing that? I'm really sorry. It might be a really good idea, though. How would we look on our wedding day? Which which isn't saying, yes, I want to marry you too. It's saying, let me distract you so you don't continue down this line of reasoning. Right. Which is sad. Yeah. And we see them, you know, we see them in flashes dressed for their wedding. And then she grabs his scarf to use as a veil. And Rick is blown away. But then... They play the, the, the pretend wedding again, but they kind of add some vows this time, but they go askew real quick. Minmay says she would still want her career. Rick says that could be a problem. Yeah, well, Minmay gets real harsh real quick. Yes. Which is what I would expect. <laughs> right? Because number one, he's telling her her career is going to be a problem. Yeah. Like, that's... And I get it in the sense that I wouldn't want to be with a movie star. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she has to spend um, or she has to give more attention to everyone who, quote unquote, loves her than Rick. Yeah, that'd be an issue. Right. Right. And something you bring up way before you get married. Right. Or you or you recognize. I mean, you can't you can't think the other person's the jerk because they don't want to give that up. Exactly. Exactly. But then Minmay says Kyle was right and she could never be what Rick expects. So forget it. Rick tells Minmay he didn't know how important her career is. 
Uh, she tells Rick she didn't know he cared about her so much. They go on to kiss. Uh, then something crashes down. Soon, Rick is kissing Lisa. Okay. So Rick is kissing Lisa with Dolza watching. And they replay this Entrati reaction. Lisa and Rick don't understand the reaction. They're like, what, what gives here? Right. So how much... Uh, this is so weird based on a cartoon, but... How much more comfortable do you feel with Rick kissing Lisa than him kissing Minmay? Well, uh, you know, a lot more, only because it it just feels like it's gonna it's going somewhere, or it, it at least has the opportunity to go somewhere. You know, it does, right? And in a in a sense, it makes me feel bad for Lisa to where I'm like, dude, he's still hung up on her. Forget that fool. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But it's but but it's a it's an easier pill to swallow for sure. But maybe that's why we hate Minmay so much. Huh? It's like oh, get out of the way yeah. of Lisa. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've wow. just seen Lisa get so heartbroken by um the terrible trio talking about him. And this is within Rick's head, but um I don't know. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a breakthrough. Kind of feels like that, right? Yes, yes. But then Dolza tells Rick he shall never have Minmay. So who's Dolza representing now? Because Dolza, do you think Dolza represents just the over the overall uh, futility of of a, of a relationship with Minmay? You know what? I think Dolza represents. Okay, all right, so. If Lynn Kyle's Britai, then Minmay is Dolza. Really? Yeah, I think. Uh, I'm just coming. I'm just coming up with this as I'm saying it. Like those are his perceived enemies. Oh. Wow. Right. I see the I see the Britai connection. I'm having a hard time with the Dolza Minmay one. Well, I I just mean in the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's not like a, a full-on representation of her, right? But to me, Dolza seems like he's the career, telling Rick, or maybe even life, telling Rick, you can't have her, or Ooh. you shall never have her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he yells that he does not want to give her up. But then Lisa turns to him, and she tells Rick that he belongs to her world. He belongs to the service. Like, I I would love to love that part. But it's so... It's so frightening the way she says that. From Rick's perspective or just from a, a, an observer? It, no, from, from Rick's perspective. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I see what you're saying, but again, it's his, I think it's his consciousness telling him Lisa's, Lisa's more like your world. But... Lisa saying it in that way would seem like, you know, kind of like Freddy Cougarish, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I get like, it. I'm your boyfriend now, Heather, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I have is that Rick wakes up and comments on what a terrible dream. And then the narrator saying, like, yes, Rick, only a dream. That, that made me think of a, of a, 
Twilight Zone. Yeah, you know, with that narrator always coming in at one point or another to 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 say something. I, and I thought that's what that was like. Wow. So, okay, I'm not going to ask MVP on this episode because it's tough. Right. Um, but right. How do you rate this episode? I give the episode an eight point six. All right. Um, and and by no fault of itself, um, you definitely had to have watched the other ones, or you're not getting anything on this one. No. So that's one of the only marks that I, you know, a serious marks that I can can give against it. And you also you need to watch it a few times before you appreciate everything you're gonna appreciate over it, you know, or, right. or through it. Right. And some people don't want to watch it over again, you know. When you're a when you're a Robotech fanatic, you have no problem watching it over again. But when you're a normal person, you probably don't. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but uh, but man, but I like what it did. I like I like those altered state visions, you know, almost like like I I I really believe that people can go to a medicine man or you know, have some kind of experience that, that, that changes the way they think. Yeah. And like that Campbell kind of way that ego death, I lose away self and now I come out a different person. And it just, it, things like this can make you see everything more clear and a lot different. Yeah. And I don't think it's clear for him just yet because in the next episode, you get some signs that he's he's not appreciating what's happened to him just yet, you know. Fair enough. But but it's a growth. It's 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 a, it's a growth kind of thing. So what is your what is your ranking? Yeah, I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this a nine, which I would not have done as a younger person. I did not understand this episode. I imagine that if you were a person who was watching this on March 24th, 1985, you'd be like, what the hell is going on? But this one dives deep and it's intentional. It's a really good episode. And every time you see a jump from lieutenant to corporal and then corporal to guy flying in a Veritech, it's exactly what you experience in a dream. And I think that is fantastic. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. It's great. I do. I've got no arguments. I think the MVP is the magical bicycle. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, what a surprisingly great episode. Yeah, I have to agree. And you know what? I'd like to ask, Gerard, if you know what the animation we're talking about with the when the Veritech uh, uh, magically materializes, if you know what that is, give us a brief description because it's it's pretty crazy how they do that. Yeah. And I'd, li- I'd like to know the, at least a little bit of the technical side of how that effect is created. Yeah, yeah, that, that sparkly dot animation. Well, all right, we've got another one in the books. Coming up next is going to be one of my favorite episodes. I don't want to say favorite episodes, you heartless bastard, 
But <laughs> thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, there's about a 140 of you, and that's about 139 more than I've ever expected. <laughs> and it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So thank you guys for uh, being loyal and keep keep tuning in. We love to do this. That we do. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Everybody be safe.